Hello and welcome to part three of our uh, World Championship special here in Budapest. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And this is actually episode 51, so we missed celebrating our 50th episode Yep. last time out. Yes, isn't it time for our, our middle, a proper middle life crisis now? Yeah, exactly. I'm away off to buy a sports car. Yep. So here we are. It's Budapest. It's uh, day three of the individual. Uh, so I think this episode we're going to talk about women's sabre and men's foil. Quite, quite a lot to talk about, but we'll just bash through it. Yeah, let's get going. Um, should we start with the women's sabre? Yes, please. So in the first semi-final, we have uh, a Greek fencer, uh, Kontura, up against uh, the, the Russian great Velikia. Sorry, Velikia. Velikia. Velikia, we've been pulled up on that one before. Velikia. Um, just to sort of note that this is the first time a Greek fencer has meddled since 18... 18- 96, first Olympic Games. Yes, yeah. At a, at a senior championships, Worlds or Olympics. Yeah, so it's a proper historic event, this one. So let's just get right down to it. So fair to say that Velikaya was, was dominant throughout most of the fight itself. Right. She was, uh, Katura wasn't moving as sort of confidently as she probably needed to to, to put enough doubt in Velikaya. So the Velikaya would have to do something other than just uh, hit her with an attack or block her out. And uh, the score in the first period finished uh, 8-3 was uh, fairly comprehensive at that particular point in time. Coming out of the blocks into the second period, uh, Katura tried to do sort of change of tactics a little bit and, then, and sort of vary the timing. And she manages to come back and brings it back to 11-12 before uh, Velikaya re-establishes the dominance right. and goes straight through and uh, defeats her 15-11. Yeah. A second semi-final is Carlan, uh, Olga Carlan, and... She's up against uh, Bianca Pascu of Romania. Yay, Bianca Pascu. Yeah. Our, our pick is a fencer outside the top 16 yeah. to, to produce a performance at these world championships. So uh, go Bianca. Exactly. And I picked Carlin. So um, obviously <laughs> I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Sabre. <laughs> clearly, Gav. Clearly. Yeah. So in, in the first in the first period of uh, this one, uh, Carlin was dominant with uh, Pascu unable to sort of uh, manage, manage uh, Olga's sort of sense of distance. Carlin established an early lead of 6-1. Mm. And at that point, Pascal actually starts to stage a bit of a comeback, but can't really sort of uh, establish enough of a, enough of a momentum to take it through to the final. And that first period finishes uh, eight five. There's actually an amazing hit uh, to really. Sorry, sorry. Let me backtrack a little bit. Pascal does bring it back to, to six five, but uh, Carlin clearly has a moment where she thinks, "I'm not having this anymore," and uh, it's actually an amazing fall short from her to, to score the set that the, the hit to take it to seven five, right. where she literally makes Pascal fall short by I don't know. It looks like like microbes, like a millimeter. Literally, the blade just skips past her, and she just casually just hits her. <laughs> so it's a lovely hit, and that establishes the dominance, and then scores an exit, and it finishes eight five. And then Carlin just comes out in the second period and scores seven hits in a row. Oh, okay. She must have been in a hurry to say yeah. that's, a, that's enough playing and time to yeah. just get things finished. You've had a shot, Bianca. Nice to see you again. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, Pascal just doesn't have an answer to uh, Carlin's attack. She can't disrupt it. She can't parry it. She can't cause it to fall short. doesn't matter what she tries. And she doesn't have any ideas and everything about her body language and everything just says... I haven't got a clue at the moment. No, uh, can my, I get this over in numbers, my please? Done. Can yeah, I exactly. Mm. Uh, so it's a good sh- good check from uh, Pascu. Quite pleased to see her in the medals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Carlin obviously marches forward into the final. So this is, this is quite an interesting final. You've got Carlin here and you've got Velikaya. They're both uh, world champions. Yep. And it starts off really, really as you'd expect. It's a uh, hit for hit. Uh, right the way through to, to 4-3. 
Velikaya is giving a lot of ground, which is enabling Carl to sort of establish these sort of long attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know the problem you've got with Carlin is when she's on a roll like that, it can be difficult to de- to defect. But anyway, it, it's it's man- she has Velikaya's got enough experience to manage this. So that it, it goes five three six three uh, seven four seven five. Now Carlin holds holds ground a little bit on the last hit and scores a and scores a, it goes eight five in period two. The second period, this is much more interesting than the first period. The first period is just hit for hit with Carlin taking a late uh, a late lead. And it's just through sort of that, that thing in Sabre you get where you, you maybe don't make the right choice at the right moment, right? Period two, Velikai starts to change the timing of her step off the line. And uh, she starts to just starts to introduce some doubt into Carlin. And this brings Velikai very much back into the game. doesn't feel like it at first. Uh, um, the hit, it, it goes kind of, you know, sort of 9-7, 10-7. You think, hmm, Carolyn's starting to sort of really turn the screw here. But in reality, if you pay, if you, if you look at what's happening, she gets maybe gets a couple of hits and then Velikai gets another hit. And what she, you can see she's doing is she's playing with the distance and she's just trying to sort of read the moment for either the Pyre post or to launch her own attack. At 11-10, uh, sorry, at 11-9, the next hit is you see Velikai really rally at this point. The timing, everything becomes much more fluid. Her, her sense of when Carlin's actually going to go actually changes quite a bit. And again, it's not obvious immediately. It goes 12 10, 12 11. Uh, and then Velikaya loses another hit, which she's too busy looking for the hit. And you can kind of see her check for a second and go, oh, hang on a second. And then uh, Velikaya scores the next two hits to bring it back to 13 all. And it's basically just like, it's a, she launches, she launches a trance with a long flowing attack, which catches Carlin out. And then the hit after that, she waits on Carlin to start and then there's a nice power post. And then there's an interesting hit that, that, that what happens next is uh, Carl, uh, as Carlin starts in the next one, Velikaya, Velikaya, I should say, actually scores the hit and it goes goes 14-13 up. And this is kind of interesting because I was thinking that, because Carlin had, if you if you just sort of, sort of look at the surface, oh, well, Carlin did look dominant because the score has always been in her favour. She's always been able to, to sort of do what she wants to do. But really, it's, there's been a sort of a, an underlying kind of rumble with uh, Villa, Villa Kia just sort of figuring her out and understanding the timing. But at this point, at, four, 13, at 14, 13, 14 down, Carlin just launches straight off the trap and catches uh, Villa Kia straight out. We go 14 all. There's a there's a simul- couple of simultaneous and then I think Vilicky makes the mistake first uh, she gives ground to Carlin and that allows Carlin to uh, to come forward start establishing the attack which is what Carlin wants to do anyway and then and that catches it with a nice a nice attack and becomes world champion again again for the fourth time I believe is it fourth is it fourth yeah uh, I, I wasn't sure how, exactly how many it was I know I knew it was more than two yes it is <laughs> yeah four I think to the superstars of women's saber yep battling out in the final was, mm-hmm. uh, Impressive stuff. That's what you want, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or do you? Or do you? Well, it's not like women's foil where it's always the same people. It's, mm. uh, well, to, to test that theory, shall we turn to the men's foil action? Yes. Let's let, let, let's look at another predictable event, Sean. Tell me more about the men's foil. It was absolute carnage Indeed. right from the very start of the mm-hmm. day. Um, our early departures. Well, last 64, first fight on the blue piece, uh, Marcus Mepstead of Britain up against... World number one by absolutely miles mm-hmm. and the reigning champion, uh, Alessio Facconi. Yep. Uh, Marcus absolutely crushes him. I was there. I was sitting outside of the piece with my camera. It yep. was, uh, amazing. It looked good. Yep. Also going into 64, Richard Cruz. Mm-hmm. So that's your one and two from 
last year's World Championships gone within the first hour of the day. Uh, Meinhardt gone in the 64, Lepeshu and Cheremisinov. And so you might think, well, that's enough seed culling for, for the day. But no, it, it just continued. Out in the last 32 were uh, Imboden, Chung, Avala, uh, Itkin, Safin and Hyo. And the 16 saw the fall of Lee, Grotso and Masayalas. So by the time you get down to the quarterfinals, 14 of the top 16 fencers in the world rankings yeah. are in the showers or heading home. So our quarterfinal lineup, Marcus Mepstead, having bashed Faconi at the start of the day, had carried on through to make the, the quarterfinals. And he was up against Michael Seiss of uh, Poland, who he beat reasonably com- comfortably, 15-9. Lee Kwang Hyun of Korea, uh, lost to his teammate, uh, Son Yun Ki, 15-11. Dmitry Serebchenko of Russia, uh, world champion a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Pretty surprising at the time. And he's not done a whole lot since then, but back in a quarterfinal at the World Championships, gave Andrea Cassara an absolute duffing at 15-6. Yeah, I was going to say 15-6. Yeah. yeah. And the last of the quarterfinals was into the four, beating up, well, a recently emerged surprise package, uh, Ryan Choi of Hong Kong, 15-10. Um, yeah. Choi had put out in Boden a little earlier as well. I, I, saw, the, I saw Choi putting in Boden out, and Boden did not know what was hitting him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, he, he knew what was hitting him, but he couldn't work out actually to get anything of his own to hit, which yeah. was really the problem. Choi's very Choi, wriggly. Very wriggly, incredibly fast. Yeah. I, I, what was happening was as soon as Boden stepped forward, Choi hit him and then was out of distance. Yeah. So quick. But uh, the four had his number. So our semi-finals, uh, Mepstead against Son. And, well, I mean, I've watched Marcus fencing for uh, a very long time. But for those that haven't seen a whole load of him fencing, he uses the point in line really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, most most fencers, most modern foilists, will use point in line to some degree to kind of slow the opponent up, disrupt the attack a little yep. bit and buy themselves a bit of breathing space. Uh, but Mark was using, Marcus was using the point in line to do that, but to set up other things and actually hit with point and line, to hit with a, a properly classical derobement. And he mm-hmm. hit, uh, he hit some with a decent number of those, but also counterattacks and really sharp cart reposts, mm-hmm. you know, all the sort of, um, features of his, his fencing, if you like. And, and the occasional mm-hmm. little short, fast attack just to, to keep Son on his toes. So mostly the, the, the aggressor in the fight, but, but struggling with Marcus's defensive variety really to, yeah. to establish any sort of solid yeah. platform for his attacks. And Marcus does move. Um, really well. It's incredibly fit. So it was uh, level pegging at uh, seven apiece at the first break. But then about two thirds of the way through the second period, Son suddenly looked like he'd had a very long day. And yeah. you could see the sort of drop in the quality of his movement. He was, yeah. he was still, still going for it, mm-hmm. but it kind of lacked the, the zip that it had at the start of the fight. And I think uh, every, every time there was a pause, uh, Son put his hand on his knees. I had a, a yeah, you know, blowing, blowing pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so from, but from 9 all, um, Marcus basically breaks the fight mm-hmm. as, uh, Son runs out of steam. Yep. And in the end, uh, reasonably comfortable for a, a first world championship semi final, a, a 15 12 win mm-hmm. for, for Marcus to advance to the final. Second semi final again, uh, between Zerbchenko and the four, pretty level pegging at the start, you know, the first, Minute and a half, couple of minutes. Zerbchenko kind of disrupting and hitting with blocking counter attacks. Uh, but the four starting to find his range with the attacks and, uh, it really had a, a feeling of could Zerbchenko continue to disrupt long enough to give himself the chance to win the fight or would the four get the rhythm and distance right for his attack, for his attacks? And eventually that's, 
that's what happened. The, yeah. the, the second of those thing, these two things, the score went from being four all about two minutes in to being eleven four at the first break. The uh, four was all over him and and more of the same to the finish. It was, I mean, anytime you see Enzo the four fence. I love watching him fence. He's, he would be one that I would add to our, our list of beautiful fencers, along with Avila and Meinhardt. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I'm not sure. I agree. With, I think he's beautiful, but he looks like that. That it's just awkward. He's just awkward. He's got the sort of. The- nah, that's that's harsh because the it, he's got some genuine beautiful fluency on his attack, think- far longer than the range mm-hmm. that uh, Avila and, and and Meinhardt have. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that when that all clicks, I, I love watching that. Right. Okay. So on to the final. I'd love to report a British victory here, but <laughs> it wasn't wasn't to be. No. Um, having having used Serbchenko as, as the warm up act in the semi final, um, Enzo was in in full flow by now, yeah. and there was absolutely no stopping him. Yeah, he he applied pretty much whatever he wanted to to the fight, and, mm-hmm. and Marcus really had no no effective answer to it, and ended up with a very comfortable. 15-6 win for yeah. Enzo Lefort to become become world champion for Congratulations Enzo uh, First French men's foil world champion uh, since Philippe Omnes back in God, 1990 something I mean a very long time ago Oh God, that's, that is a long time isn't it It's yeah. longer than you think as well Yeah exactly but um, a worthy winner he, he absolutely stormed through the competition mm-hmm. and his other high seeds mm-hmm. fell by the wayside he, he was the man looking like the looking like the boss at the finish and uh, yeah quite Quite happy with him as a winner. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, he's a nice guy as he's well. A nice, he's a nice I guy. Him a couple of years ago in Paris, and uh, get a little nod in the wave when I mm-hmm. sort of pass him the corridor. Still, yeah. so that's uh, yeah, he's, he's a seems, nice guy. He's one of the good ones. He doesn't seem to have any sort of problems, like, like problem personality traits, as far as I can tell. So yeah, good guy. Um, I thought Marcus looked a little bit tired though in the final. He wasn't quite able. I to mean, move. his styles does require an incredible level of physicality, and he's, he is massively fit. He's, mm-hmm. um, an incredible athlete. Yeah. But a full day of that, having done... Starts a, off as Fakoni and then... F- yeah. But even before then, because, you know, obviously fencing the pools, pretty much scraped through the pools, only mm-hmm. two wins in a pool of in a pool of six. Had to battle his way through the preliminary yeah. days. Then you've got Fakoni waiting for you as the first fight on the in the main draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just an incredible performance. I mean, if we'd said at the start of the day, yeah, we're going to have a British silver medalist in the men's foil, we'd have gone... Oh no! Another another near miss for Mister Cruz. Exactly. But no, Marcus Mep said steps up the plate and uh, he's a superstar. Now. Yes, indeed. Yeah, great day. Yeah, and so I think that kind of is going to wrap up our coverage from the, the World uh, Championships. Are, are we going to bother having a discussion about who you think the coolest fencer is? Why would we? Why would we bother? We'll just go straight for Marcus then. <laughs> yeah, Marcus is the coolest fencer on the planet. Uh, congratulations, Marcus. Yeah, again, we're we're continuing our recent trend of not necessarily having to pick the person that wins. It's all about the cool, and, Mar- <laughs> and Marcus has got it. I've got to say though, I thought in the, the men's epi, I quite like the fact that Sukozi won. Uh, yeah, home winners. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yep, and in. Other circumstances might well have been enough to give him the yeah. It seemed like such a nice prize trophy. It was quite nice watching him wandering around the hall, just soaking it all up. Yeah, but yes, okay. Yeah. Marcus is our coolest fencer, of course. So um, that is a wrap from Budapest, mm-hmm. and we'll be back again uh, with Kate to for some more. Uh, well, no offence, Gav. More informed, saber Bet- chat. better insight into, <laughs> into what's happening in the saber world uh, to cover what's what's been happening in the team. So we'll speak to you again soon. Bye now.
Mm-hmm.